I'm so glad you are with me today. Hallelujah. I have something to talk to you about today that I really sense. In my heart of hearts, a new anointing is on the way. Saints, I'm telling you, take this prophetically. A new anointing is really on the way. So today's telecast is prophetic. What I'm going to talk to you about today is a prophetic word that I sense deep in my heart. Lord, I thank you for what you're about to tell us and show us. I pray your holy name will be magnified and glorified. Wonderful, sweetest, darling Jesus, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. I am ecstatic about the message today because I sensed, you know, a few days ago, and I've been sensing it for a while, but I just really believe this is going to really happen. I saw a move of God in the 70s. It was so amazing. You know, I was born again in 1972 during the Jesus move Movement Revival. And thousands and thousands of young people were swept into the kingdom and miracles were happening like amazing. And I just feel we're about to see another wave like this. And a new anointing is coming. You know, there's been anointings like in the 70s. There was one in the early 90s. There was, a, there was another one. And, and like they come in cycles. They come in cycles. So we're about to see another one. In uh, Daniel 11 verse 32. It says, but the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The word exploits talks about actions. They're, they're going to take action. So we're, we're, we're about to see some amazing action in the coming maybe few months. Uh, I, I don't you know, know exactly when it's going to happen. I just believe it's going to happen soon. Sooner, maybe the, sooner than we even think and realize. But what do we mean by a new anointing? All right. Let's quickly look at Isaiah. Isaiah 35 kind of gives us an idea of what happens when that blessed anointing begins to come. It, be, it, it, it comes first. Well, let, just, let me just read this. The wilderness, uh, the, I'm reading verse 1, Isaiah 35. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly. So we're, right now we are in a desert place. And we're about to see a blossoming. And it says, even with joy and singing, the glory of Lebanon. Now that's, that's the key that we're, we're, we're looking for. The glory of Lebanon is a new atmosphere. Whenever you read in the Bible, the glory of Lebanon, you know, the glory of, Le- of Lebanon is the cedar trees. So every so often in where I lived in Jaffa, we would smell the cedar trees from Lebanon because the northern winds would be would be blowing south. It was like a fresh smell in the air in Israel. It came from the north. It was a fresh breath of God that came in the 70s, that came in the 90s, that came even before that in the 40s and 50s. We're about to see a new atmosphere change and it says the glory of Le- of Lebanon or the new at- atmosphere shall be given unto it 
the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. Again, Sharon and Carmel are places of beauty. Uh, Sharon is where they grow the best fruits and vegetables today in Israel. So you can smell the beauty in the air. And Carmel, of course, is the same thing, a place of a lot of trees and vegetation up in Haifa. So all this talks about is a new atmosphere. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Before God reveals his glory, he reveals a new atmosphere. It changes. All the atmosphere starts to change. It says, Strengthen ye the weak hands, confirm the feeble knees, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance, God with a a recompense. He will come and do what? Save you. The first move we see after this atmosphere is salvation. And then it says miracles. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the of the deaf will be unstopped, and the lame will leap as on, as on heart, and so on. But then, then it says something else that's so powerful, that I think is awesome. Verse 7. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. Meaning, the removal of the demonic through this amazing move of God. Because dragons symbolize the demonic. So it says, in the habitation of dragons, where each lay, the demonic was, will be grass with reeds and rushes. A new vegetation, a new anointing a new move of God that will change the the surroundings. So, this anointing that is coming, I believe will be different than what I saw in the 70s and 80s, 90s. I think what we're going to see is an anointing that has no limit this time. I think the anointings of the past all had limits. And I think we, we sometimes limit God to a two, like a, one portion or two portions, uh, you know, people, I've, I've heard people ask for a double portion. But I think this time, we're going to see limitless power. It says in John 3.34, how the Father gave to Jesus the anointing without measure. The power of God without measure. There was no limit to the anointing on his ministry. So we have to understand, first of all, when, whenever God uh, moved through the anointing, first what I always call the leper's anointing came. The leper's anointing came, that's when salvation uh, happens and miracles take place. And then we, we see in the word of God what I call the priestly anointing, where God anointed Aaron and his sons and the priesthood. And that tremendous glory came to Israel and you know, when, 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 when Moses would enter into the tabernacle and so on. But then we, we see in the Bible the kingly anointing. Now, amazing, these three anointings, we also, will, we also see them in the New Testament. Example, uh, salvation, the leper's anointing. So people are saved who came out of leprosy. Leprosy is sin, came out of leprosy and got born again. So when, when the, when the Lord breathed, uh, in the Gospel of John on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They were 
They were at that moment born again. In fact, let's go look at that beautiful scripture in John. Let's look at chapter 20 and verse 22. It says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. At that moment, they were born again. The anointing came within them. They were saved. But then we see the the one for ministry came upon them on the day of Pentecost. In Acts 2.4, when the Holy Spirit anointed them for service, for ministry, and the glory of God was so evident in Jerusalem. But then came the kingly anointing. And the kingly anointing, we see it both Old and New Testament. Like in the Old Covenant, you see the leper's anointing in Leviticus. Then you see the priestly anointing with Aaron, his sons, and the priesthood. And then you see the kingly anointing with David. In 2 Samuel 2.4, we see for the first time in the Old Covenant, the kingly anointing. I've spoken about this more, more than once, in fact. Maybe some of you heard it, maybe some of you have not. But I want to prepare you for what's coming. Because what's coming is going to be amazing, amazing. So let me read that for you. Second Samuel 2.4, And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And they told David, saying that the men of Jebesh Gilead were they that buried Saul. Now, here we, we see David's second anointing. Remember, he was anointed first when Samuel came and anointed him among his brethren before Saul was removed of the throne. That was like the leper's anointing for him. And then he was anointed here as king over Judah. That's for ministry. Later we see the kingly anointing where he was, he was anointed mightily, uh, in second Samuel. Let's look at it. You know, there's something so powerful. God is about to show us here today, but look at second Samuel five. Uh, 3 and 7. So all the elders of Israel came to the king to Hebron, and King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over what? Israel. So in 2 Kings 2, king over Judah, in 2 Kings 5, king over Israel. Now, these three anointings are very important that we should understand them. Because when, when, when he was anointed, king over Israel, he took the strongholds of Zion. God gave him the whole city because the Jebusites were a very strong enemy that had not been defeated even by Joshua and later on by the judges. They could not, they could not remove the Jebusites out of Jerusalem. David did. Why? The second anointing or the third anointing did it. I believe there are enemies today out there that we have not been able to overcome till that third dimension shows up. Because then you see the power of God in a very intense manner. But let's talk about uh, what is the third for? It's for dominion. So the first one, leper's anointing, salvation. Second one, priestly anointing for ministry. The, the third is for dominion. And we see it with the apostles too. They were anointed first when the Lord breathed in John 20. They were saved. Anointed again, Acts 2, for ministry. 
anointed again, Acts 4. In Acts 4 is where we see miracles exploding. Now everyone gets healed in Jerusalem after that in Acts 5. So it's very important to see the intensity increase. You need this. I'm reading Proverbs 21.20. There is treasure to be desired and oil. Where? In the dwelling of the wise. In the dwelling of the wise. Only those walking in wisdom in the future will receive that new dimension of the anointing of God. Now, the Bible tells us some amazing things. Do you remember uh, the foolish virgins? Why did they lose? Because they had no oil. When the Lord came, they lacked the oil. Let's not be like them. And lose our place in the kingdom. Because we have no oil when the Lord returns. We don't have the anointing when God returns. The anointing is protection for our longevity. In fact, the lack of it brings a curse, the Bible says. Deuteronomy 28, verse 40, verse 40 says... Thou shalt have olive trees throughout all your coasts, but thou shalt not anoint thyself with the oil for your olives, for thine olive shall cast his fruit. That was because of the curse. Because God says if you disobey, these curses will come on you. You will have olive trees. You'll have olives, but they'll not stay on the tree. They'll, they'll fall on the, on, the, on the ground. You'll have no oil, in other words. So, the lack of the anointing is because of a curse, not a blessing. So now I think it's time we understand the importance of being anointed. You know, when Saul lost the anointing, uh, the Bible says something really frightening. It says in Second Samuel 1, 21, it says, when God walked away from him, it says, it's as though he had not been anointed. In other words, that he was not ever used by God. He was dismissed, even his memory was dismissed. Ye mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew, neither let there be rain upon you, nor fields of offerings. For there the shield of the mighty is vilely cast away, the shield of Saul, as though he had not been anointed with oil. So, when someone loses his place in God, God dismisses him as though he was never anointed, he was never used. And in some cases, he was never his. Remember, they will come in that day saying, Lord, Lord, we've done many wonderful things in, in your name. And he'll say, I don't know you. Depart from me. So the danger is they lose their place in God. They lose that place where they're not pleasing the Lord any longer. And that's where the problem really comes. Now, when that third anointing begins to flow, we, we begin to, to see what we saw in Acts 4.31. Cause in, in Acts 4.31 it says, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. They speak the word of God with boldness. Whenever there's an anointing, there's boldness. 
The word was spoken with boldness. So today we don't see boldness. Today we, we see a lot of timidity. People are not uh, bold enough to preach the gospel like I saw in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Today they want to, you know, please the crowd and say things that the crowd wants to hear. Well, you know what, what happens when shepherds follow sheep rather than sheep follow shepherds? When a shepherd follows sheep, he steps on, you know what, huh? <laughs> Anyways, so great power, it says, great power was released when that anointing came. So boldness is the, is the first thing you see. People are just stunned by the word of God as it is preached by men and women of God. Then it says in verse 33, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great grace was upon them all. So that's what happens. Great power is released. Great grace is released upon the church. And this is where we saw all will be healed. And I believe this is the difference. That in this coming move, we're going to see healing on a massive scale. It says in Acts 5.16, There came also a multitude out of the cities, round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every single one of them. Now look, I've seen miracles in Catherine's ministry, in our ministry, but in Catherine's ministry and other healing ministries, including my own. Not not everyone was healed. A lot of people were, but not everyone. A lot of people went home disappointed. And that was the most difficult thing for me when I would go after the service to my hotel. Why did God heal? Why did not God heal all of them? I will never forget I was in one of Catherine's meetings and uh, I saw someone as we were leaving. I was sitting on the bus watching the crowd coming out. I saw a young man being pushed out of the auditorium. I think it was the Shrine Auditorium in Pittsburgh on the wheelchair. He looked so sad. Someone was pushing him out of that building. And I looked and I said, Lord, why didn't you heal him? Now we're on the bus. We're going back to Toronto. A good seven-hour drive. I'm asleep. And now I have a dream on the bus. And on the bus, the whole scene was repeated that I saw live a few hours earlier. I see the crowd coming out. I see the young man on the wheelchair being pushed out. And then I see myself in the dream. What happened in reality now is in my dream, asking the Lord, why didn't you heal him? And suddenly I saw the Lord in my dream. He was, he had his arms around that young man who had, by, by the way, a very large head that I remember. He put his hands around his head in his body. And he looked at me. He was standing behind that wheelchair with his arms around the young man. And he looked at me and said, I have not forgotten him. And I woke up. I will never forget that dream as long as I live. And I believe the Lord has not forgotten his promises. 
He's not forgotten what he said in his word. All were healed in the book of Acts. All will be healed again. All will be healed again. And I believe the Lord did touch that young man somehow. I didn't see it. I wasn't there. But I can tell you something, saints. The day is coming. We will see all healed. I've seen some of the greatest miracles. I think, well, that most people have seen. I've seen a lot. Not only in Catherine's meetings, but in my own meetings. One time when Steve Brock and Alvin Slaughter came on the platform singing Rise and Be Healed, service had just begun, and that day the glory of God was in my hotel room in such a powerful way. I came on the platform, and I called for Steve and Alvin to sing Rise and Be Healed. Forty people in their wheelchairs jumped out of their wheelchairs in minutes in the beginning of the crusade. I'll never forget those days. But I think what's coming is even greater than that. The miracles we're going to see are going to be on a scale unseen, unseen in 2,000 years of church history. You talk about the ministries of Marie Woodworth Etter and Catherine Kuhlman and Amy Semple McPherson, Ora Roberts, and so many others. I don't think anything can compare to what's coming down in the future. You get yourself ready. I believe the youth are going to see it. I believe what God has begun to do with people like my own son-in-law, Michael Kulianos, and my daughter Jessica, with Jesus' image, and others all across the world like them. What God has begun to do with these amazing young people is going to be so remarkable that we've not seen anything like it. I pray I'll be here to see it, and I think I will. I think we're going to see all healed. The day is coming. I don't know that I'll see it, but I'm praying that God will allow me to be here to see it. I asked Oral Roberts one day, I said, Oral, I just called him Doc, I said, Doc, have you seen that happen? He said, yep, one time in my life. Jacksonville, Florida, 1952, December 52, in a tent. He said, in three minutes, all were healed. He said, we had to, after the service, we picked up piles and piles of crutches and empty wheelchairs everywhere. He said, only happened once. I got on my knees. I said, lay hands on me and pray that I'll see it. And he did. I pray God will will allow me to see those days. I'm going to continue tomorrow. Because I'm going to talk to you about the angelic visitation that's coming. I want to talk to you about the wisdom that's going to come on believers that no devil can resist like with Stephen. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk to you about the prophetic and what's coming that God has really promised would happen. Nations will rise and nations will fall by the word of, of the Lord. These things are coming and we're going to see visible manifestations of God's glory. In Miss Gooman, I, I still remember when I would see those that mist over, over her. So many times I'd say to Jim Pointer, can you see it or is it just me? He said, oh no, it's there. And there was a mist, a bright mist that we all saw. That's coming back again in more intense power than we've ever, ever seen in our life. Dearest Jesus, I pray, prepare your people for the coming anointing, Lord. 
prepare everyone listening to me that we will all see it together, Lord, as the days get so dark out there. Let the church become brighter and brighter. Let the light of your Holy Spirit shine in the church in mighty, glorious ways. I give you the praise, Lord, for answering our prayer. Now, Lord, meet every need. Answer every prayer. Let miracles begin in the lives of your people even today, Lord. Meet every need. Answer every prayer. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray, bless them. Bless them financially also, Lord. Bless them, Lord. There'll be no fear of tomorrow. Be no lack in their tomorrow. In Jesus' holy name, but abundance in every part of life. Amen. Listen, I've been telling you, the wealth of the sinner is coming, but when? When that day comes, it will come with it. Because when God took Israel out of Egypt, that was a great revival. huh? What did God do? Three things. He saved them, he healed them, he prospered them. Book of Acts. What did God do? Save them, heal them prosper them. Every move of God in history had those three amazing things happen. Salvation, miracles, prosperity. All came together. So the people today who are, who, who attack us for preaching prosperity also attack us for what? That we believe in miracles. That we believe God can heal the sick. But God's word cannot change. If God does not heal the sick, then God cannot answer prayer, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God will do it again in every realm, including finance. But we prepare today. We prepare by praying. We prepare by giving. So it's not just about prayer and living. It's also by giving. When you give, You literally sow for the future, even for your children. You may not even be here to see that kind of harvest. But God will give it to your sons and daughters. It says so in Psalm 112, that his seed will be blessed upon the earth. That righteous man, his seed will be blessed on the earth. Wealth and riches will be in his house, meaning his family will reap the blessings. So I I believe God will bless you, take care of you. Because the righteous will leave an inheritance to his children's children, you know. That happens only when we, we obey the Lord in giving. So let's give him today our best. Let's give him our best. And watch what God will do with our future in every realm. All right. You can sow your seed now, right there on the platform you're watching me on, to Benny Hinn Ministries. You can go to our website, BennyHinn.org, or you can text your seed, bhm four five. Seven, seven, seven. Join me tomorrow as I continue talking about the new anointing that's coming. Because I'm going to share some things with you I really have never shared before. I'll do that tomorrow and possibly Thursday. Actually, tomorrow is Thursday. Goodness. But I really want to believe God with you for some mighty things to happen in your life too when we pray again. All right. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Amen.